It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Barracuda fans, and welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger. In this episode, we'll recap the last three games with highlights and we'll chat with the voice of the San Diego Goals, Andy Zilch, to help set the stage for Tuesday's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks affiliate. Coming off a 6-3 win against the Henderson Silver Knights on Saturday, the Barracuda were back on the ice on Wednesday night for the first meeting on the six-game season series against the Tucson Roadrunners. Just four minutes and 12 seconds into the opening period, Zach Gallant would snap a 42-game goalless drought in the regular season to get things started. Barracuda in the offensive zone. Nothing, nothing score. Angle shot by McGrew. Rebound chance. They score! Zach Gallant snaps a 42-game goalless drought as he chips it under the crossbar. He's got his first of the season. And it comes at the 4-12 mark of the opening period. But at 16-16 of the opening period, on their first power play of the game, Jan Unique would level the score with his 7th of the year. For Cameron Hebig, back for Michelli. Banked up high to the point for Holtz. Back to Michelli, works to the dot, rink wide. He's got a man. Unique scores! Jan Unique, a low shot, beats Alexei Melnichuk under the right pillow. Then in the waning seconds of the opening period, Artemi Kinyazov would snap in his first of his pro career to give the Barracuda a 2-1 lead after one. Emerson, now it's sealed up in the corner boards. Duck free to the point. Kinyazov dips the shoulder. Fakes his man. Shoots. He scores. Artemi Kinyazov works around the pressure of a roadrunner. And pulls the trigger. He's got his first American Hockey League goal. And it comes with 26.7 seconds remaining in the opening period. After a scoreless second period in which the two teams combined for just 11 shots, Tucson would score three unanswered goals in the final seven minutes of action. At the 13-minute mark, Matias Michelli, the 21-year-old who leads the Roadrunners in scoring as a first-year AHLer, would pick up his ninth of the year to tie the game up at 2-2. Anabuchi holds the offensive line. Then he has it stripped off of his blade, taken away by Michelli. But he's stripped of the puck there by a back-checking Shomolevsky. Good play there by Shomolevsky. Stayed with it. And now Hudson Fashing will make it to himself off the wall. Works down the wing. Centers in front. They score. And the Tucson Roadrunners managed to tie it up with seven minutes remaining in the third period. Michelli. Then at 14.08, former Bakersfield Condor Cameron Hebig would give Tucson its first lead. Elenick, and Tucson's into the zone. Michelli drops for Hebig, shot scores! 
a short side pull of the trigger by Cameron Hebig, and just like that, it's a 3-2 lead for the Roadrunners who have their first lead of the night. The Roadrunners would make it three unanswered at 1837 as Blake Spears would snap in his second of the year to give Tucson a 4-2 lead. Grouped up a mama into the offensive zone. Roadrunners threatening, shot scores! Blake Spears over the right shoulder of Alexei Melnichuk. Melnichuk, I think, arguing that his goal mask had come ajar. Something was obviously wrong with Melnichuk. He was completely incensed. Down by a pair, the Barracuda would pull goaltender Alexei Melnichuk. And at the 1938 mark, Scott Reedy will make it goals in back-to-back -back games, his 15th of the year. Turned aside, sealed off by Milosev Kozhinov. Back to the board, Chichek from distance, and they score! This game not over, it's a goal for Scott Reedy. Reedy cleans up a rebound, it comes with 22.4 seconds remaining in regulation. Reedy up to 15 goals on the year. Unfortunately, it was too little too late as the Roadrunners would hold on for the 4-3 win. The following morning, Tucson would have several COVID-positive tests, resulting in the team rolling with just 10 forwards. At 10.49 of the opening period, Evan Weinger would open up the scoring with his sixth of the year. First, nothing-nothing score. Live from the SAP Center, it's the Barracuda and the Roadrunners. Guided along Gallant now for Weinger. Collects it off the wall, winds up! He scores! Weinger takes it off the boards, and in one swoop, he just fires it on net, and it beats Josef Kozhnas over the right shoulder. Later in the first period, on the power play, Scott Reedy would make it goals in three straight with his 16th of the year coming on the power play. Reedy now sits at second in the AHL in goals and first in power play goals at nine. Back to the point, Chichuk. One-timer Blickfeld, and it's blocked. And that one hurt. Crotty was the one who got in the shooting lane. Dropped his stick. He's in some serious pain. Back to the point for Chichuk. Came off the wall. Reedy scores! Scott Reedy has goals in three straight games. He continues to provide a punch for this Barracuda group as the rookie forward is now up to 16 goals on the year. After a scoreless second period in which the two teams combined for just 14 shots, John Leonard would light the lamp shorthanded his fifth of the year and his second shorthanded goal over the last seven days. The Barracuda now ranked first in the American Hockey League with eight shorthanded goals. Off the faceoff draw, here's a chance for John Leonard. He's already got one shorty on the year. Lost the puck, gets it back. He scores! Just snuck it through the five-hole. John Leonard beats Yosef Kozhnash as it had just enough momentum to sneak past the goal line. Sam Harvey would make 28 stops in the victory, including eight in the final four and a half minutes to preserve his second shutout in three starts this year. With the win, the Barracuda wrapped up a five-game homestand with a two and three mark.
The following night, the Barracuda would hit the road to take on the Bakersfield Condors. Bakersfield had not played in a week due to a COVID-19 outbreak within their locker room. Entering the game, though, on Saturday, Bakersfield had picked up points in eight straight, going 5-0-2-1 over the stretch. At 2.45 of the first period, the Condors were off and running as Michael Kesselbring would intercept an outlet pass by the Barracuda in San Jose's defending zone, handed off to Adam Cracknell, and the veteran forward would swipe in his fifth of the year, snapping a 12-game goalless drought. Lost one to nothing back in mid-October on opening night. Cracked on the far side, veteran forward. Skipped along now, Wanger misplayed. Here's a chance, Kesselring all alone, they score. A disastrous turnover there for Wanger. Leads to a 2-on-0. And easy pickings for the veteran, Adam Cracknell, who swipes it in. Time of the goal at the 2.45 mark. Up one to nothing, Philip Kemp would give Bakersfield a two to nothing lead as he'd go bar down on Sam Harvey. Kesselring up the near side wall for Olstop Safin, handed off for Seth Griffith, then galloped through center. Left wing side, here's a chance for the Condor shot scored. What a snipe off the left side by Philip Kemp. He's got his second of the year and his second in his last couple of games. As he goes bar down, and the Condors have a 2-0 lead. Later in the first period at 18:29, James Hamblin would light the lamp with his sixth of the year as veteran captain Brad Malone found him uncovered streaking down the right wing. Collision. Nick Merkley ran into Cooper Marodi, separated him from the puck. Now Brad Malone carries an in-spot to man. Hamblin backhand scores. It's a 3-0 lead. For the Bakersfield Condors, some slick mitts. In the second period, Hamblin would score again, marking his first multi-goal effort of his two-year AHL career. Cooper Marodi would pick up the assist on the two-on-one, extending his point streak to seven straight games. Gallant up high to the point. Hallway fires one in on net. Blocked there by Hamblin. It could be a two-on-one. Hamblin, he's got Marodi. Gets it over to him. Back to Hamblin. Scores! A block shot, hallway shot was blocked. It leads to a two-on-one. A little give-and-go. Hamlin to Marodi. Back to Hamlin. And Hamlin's got his second of his night of the night. And Cooper Marodi has extended his point streak to seven straight games. He's got 11 points over that stretch. And the Condors take a four-to-nothing lead. Up four-nothing. Bakersfield would add on to its lead 39 seconds into the third period as Seth Griffith would pick up his ninth of the year. Steen Pashtuk would eliminate Olivier Rodrigue's shutout bid at 8.27 as he'd pot his first of the year. Defensive zone draw one to Mark Alt, kissed off the glass and back to center. 11.40 remaining in this third period. Alt will drop for topping. High slot now for Merkley. Quick shot, they score! Steve Peschnuk has his first of the year. And Rodrigue's shutout bid is over. Peschnuk's got his first goal in his last 16. His first since April 17th of 2021 against Texas. The Barracuda would eventually fall by a final score of 5-1. The Pacific Division rivals are set to square off next Saturday and Sunday in a home and road. 
After the loss, San Jose is now 1-2 against the Oilers affiliate this year. When we come back, we'll be joined by the voice of the San Diego goals, Andy Zilch, to help set the scene for Tuesday's matchup against San Diego. This is Cuda Confidential. Hey, Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems, quality in every move we make. Score! Timo Meyer gets his first of the year and a fist pump. It's everything Sharks hockey in one place. The crowd is on its feet and check out the Sharks bench. They're into it too. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and the destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and at sjsharks.com slash listen. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey plus unique Sharks content all day long on the Sharks. Sharks Audio Network. Now, back to the action. Barracuda Hockey continues now. We welcome in the voice of the San Diego Goals, Andy Zilch. Andy, first of all, thank you so much for the time. Let's just jump right into it. Looking at the standings, San Diego and San Jose were kind of lockstep at this point at the bottom of the division. Now, things can change in a hurry, especially with the change to the playoff format in the AHL. So, you get on a little bit of run, you're right back into the conversation. But the team's through 26 games now, a little over a third of the way through. Give us a scouting report on where the club is at uh, to this point of the year. Yeah. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks a lot for having me, Nick. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And it is interesting the, the way that the season's gone. And if you remember when the Gauls and Barracuda played four straight games, the Gauls found themselves all the way up to third in the Pacific Division. And then they got hit with some injuries and, and not just the Gulls, but the organization in general got hit pretty hard uh, with injuries and COVID. And then they started to sink again. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting the way the layout's going right now with the Pacific Division. And uh, the wins that the Gulls have had, too, have been very intriguing because you beat the best team in the division in Stockton. You put up an overtime loss to Ontario the very next night. And then all of a sudden you play Abbotsford, which is at the bottom of the standings with us. And it wasn't a strong performance. And then they turn around and put together a strong performance. So I think this team is just trying to find consistency because of its youth. Uh, I think Joel Bouchard has done a, a fantastic job realizing what has gone on over the past month and a half. I think he wanted to have something a little bit more solidified with the roster, but you know, no one can predict what's going to happen, obviously with the times that we're living in right now. And, uh, we all know that the Gulls had six postponed games, didn't play within 20 days, and it really affected the club. And then all of a sudden, the Ducks are getting hit with COVID, and then you have the taxi squad on top of that. So it's a really depleted roster, but still, the effort has been there from the team. I think that that's been the strongest thing that this team can boast right now is they're going out there and they're learning and the process, obviously the, the average age right now, the forward group has got to be 22 years old. The oldest player is Daniel Regan. You guys know him very well. And outside of that, everybody else is under the age of 23. So it's definitely a learning curve for this team, but they're putting their, their full effort out there. You mentioned you didn't play over a 20-day stretch. You had your games on the 31st and the 2nd of January postponed due to COVID. Those games were supposed to be against Tucson. 
What is the team doing? Kind of peel back the curtain for us, if you will. Were you able to skate? Was the team able to practice? Or for the most part, was everybody kind of isolated in their in their own homes as you tried to get through through what you were dealing with? And that was uh, the impact of what has been now another surge of COVID-19. Yeah, the, the first postponed game was actually due to Stockton having uh, COVID protocols. That was right before the holiday break. Then we come back from the holiday break and the first day we were good. And then all of a sudden it just spread through our room. So, I mean, there was days where, uh, and, and I witnessed this, you know, the guys would uh, take their COVID test. They'd go sit in their cars. Some guys would take a nap. Some guys would play basketball outside and they wait for the results. And uh, you know, it got to a point where there was some guys that were skating. There were some guys that were lifting and it was just kind of a, a waiting process. Like, I mean, Joel Bouchard hit it on the head. He said, this is a day-by-day process right now because, you know, you wake up and you don't know if you're going to have 20 players. You don't know if you're going to have 10. Like, you don't know if the Ducks are going to have COVID. So it's it's been just a whirlwind. And, I mean, there has been days that they hit the ice, and he said that they're maximizing any time that they had the ice during that layoff. It was interesting, for sure. The Barracuda can relate in the, in the sense that we played just the other night against Bakersfield. They were uh, coming off a postponement the night before. We didn't know who was in their lineup. Now, we aren't usually privy to who's in their lineup anyway, but we had mm-hmm. no clue who was going to play. So so it's, it's just been a remarkable last couple of weeks. You knew COVID was going to play some impact. I don't know if anybody could have guessed that it was going to kind of come back to us, if you will, and, uh, and impact the league as much as it has. You mentioned Joel Bouchard, your head coach. He's in his first season in San Diego, coming over from the Canadians organization where he coached in Laval, their American Hockey League club. We often talk, at least in the Sharks organization, about rookie players in the AHL. You hit that 35-game mark is when things really start to slow down and you're no longer a rookie, if you will. You still are technically, but uh, it feels like guys start to get a grasp for the league. The goals aren't to 35 games yet this year, but you've got a coach in his first season in San Diego and you've had a lot of moving pieces. You mentioned injuries and COVID and all the things that have transpired this year. But how do you feel like the team, the guys who have been on the ice have been able to to digest what Bouchard is trying to accomplish? And do you think it's starting to settle in and starting to sink in for for a lot of these players? Yeah, I mean, I think my my favorite part about the goals this year is those true rookies and uh, I mean you can take Braden Tracy for example last year 12 games played coming out of junior he had the luxury of beginning with the pro career until the WHL opened back up and I don't want to say he was lost or he struggled but he just couldn't get his niche in the pro level so they sent him back to junior and this year he comes off he starts off a little slow again but it only took him about seven, eight games to find his way. And now he's the leading scorer on the team. So, and that's one thing that coach Bouchard preaches is just to get them ready to play pro hockey at the highest possible level at the NHL level. He does not, he has said this so many times. He does not want to teach these guys to play in the AHL. Let's be honest. Nobody has a goal to just be second best. That's the second best league in the world. He understands that. Everybody wants to be in the NHL. So his practices are extremely up-tempo. They are game-shape ready every time they get done with the practice. So I I think that that's been the most intriguing thing. And also the fact that some of these guys are utility players, like uh, Nicholas Bruyard, he has been outstanding as a forward and a defenseman. Hunter Drew slipped back to defense where he originally played with the Gulls three years ago. 
Uh, he did that last week and, and he was good and he scored again. He's got three, three goals in the past four games. So, you know, some of these guys, they're just adapting to anything that gets thrown their way and they're continuing to move forward and become what's going to be hopefully NHLers for a long time. I think that's an excellent point, given the fact that sometimes in a market like San Diego, where you have such great fan support, maybe the fans lose perspective a little bit, too, because it hurts when you see a player go up to the NHL, only given the fact that they're leaving your team in the San Diego goals. But it is a developmental league. I think everybody sometimes loses some of that perspective. I want to talk about the two youngsters. You mentioned Jacob Pro, Braden Tracer. These are first round picks of the Ducks in the 19 and the 20 draft. Perot's just 19 years of age. Tracy's just 20. Both have gotten a taste in the NHL and both have really broken out this year. You mentioned last year, uh, a, a shortened, truncated season. Uh, Perot was there for pretty much the entire year. Tracy went back to junior for a little bit. But these guys have really just taken the opportunity and run with it this year. They sit one and two on the uh, goals and scoring. What has been the key to their breakout season? And is it just really go back to experience? And, and given the fact they had a chance last year to play in the AHL. Well, let's start with Jacob Perot. And uh, I mean, last year he had good flashes. He's got an incredible shot, probably one of the best one-timers that we have on the team. And I remember talking with Bob Ferguson, the general manager in the offseason, as we were approaching the season, I was kind of getting a gist of, you know, what they do to players, what they talk to players about after the season's over last year, during the offseason, because obviously first rounders, you're going to be hands-on. You're not just going to not talk to them for three months. So he said that Jacob Perot, and this was right when training camp began, he said, what Perot did in the offseason, he listened to every word we said in our exit meetings and what we were preaching in the last month of the year. And I think that he was ready. He had great offseason regimen. He had just a good mentality, too. I mean, there was times last year where you could tell he was a then 18-year-old. And sometimes you let your emotions get the best of you. This year, he hasn't done that. He's been extremely disciplined on the ice, off the ice. And it's really translated to his play. And with Braden Tracy, I think it goes back to what you talked about with that 35-game marker, but it, it accelerated with him. I think uh, after the 12 games last year, he kind of reflected and was like, man, like something needs to happen. I need to get something clicking. He got a few more games. He got more experience. And then the repetitions followed, and he found his way. And he's playing like he played in junior. He is a top point producer for the Gulls, and it's fantastic to watch. Have you noticed kind of a renewed – sense of excitement within the organization with the success that the Ducks have had with the Sharks and the Ducks you go into this year and I think the expectations for all three California teams at the NHL level were somewhat low except the Ducks have come out of the gates and they've really um, been one of the most impressive uh, teams so far in the NHL maybe unlikely teams to compete to compete for a playoff spot have you noticed that kind of trickle down to the AHL even though the goals haven't had the success they hope for. They're still in an excitement given the fact the NHL club is rolling like they are. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest here. The, the Ducks, they didn't have many transactions over the offseason, and they were a bottom team last year. And the expectations for this team were, well, they didn't make any moves in the offseason. They didn't have anything earth-shattering. They're probably going to have the same output that they did last year. Well, I mean, I think Dallas Akins did a great job reflecting on what occurred last year. There was some coaching changes. The power play went from below 10% to a top five NHL power play. The penalty kill is a top five penalty kill. So I think just small tweaks that they made and looking in the mirror and saying, we have a good roster. 
we need to put this in motion. And they did. And I think they're executing the best out of every player that they have on that roster. The fact that Zegers and Drysdale had a full year under their belt in the NHL last year, and they kind of went back and forth, obviously between the AHL and the NHL, but they got that good taste and, and they knew what to expect heading into the off season. And, and that has definitely trickled down. I mean, this is the first year that I've been with the Gulls that the ducks have been a playoff contending team. So, you know, everybody is trying to excel up there and it's creating good competition. Obviously it always is, but I think even more so now because the expectation is to win. So when you go up there, you better put out your best effort on whatever ice time you get, because if not, you're coming back down here. And then that translates to what Joel Bouchard has talked about. We want to get you ready to go up there and exceed that way. You can go through any expectations that's believed from you. Of course, Dallas Akins, the former head coach of the San Diego goals. Fill us in on kind of the relationship between himself and Bouchard and the organization, that symmetry between the AHL club and the NHL club. You've got a new coach in the American League this year, but fill us in on how that relationship is and the communication pipeline between the two clubs. Well, I think it's uh, it's seamless. And it, as you were well aware of, it needs to be because, you know, if you get a player that goes up there and it's a different system and they're lost, then you have issues and the organization's not going to like that. So I talked to Coach Bouchard about that right when he got the job. I said, what's the conversation has been like with Dallas? And he said, well, I mean, we've already talked. And this was like four or five days after he got hired. He said, we've already talked about three or four times. And that communication is constant. Uh, and I remember ca- uh, talking with Coach Janine last year about how often he talks to Dallas or, you know, the, the front office uh, management of the hockey operations. And he said, it's a, it's an ongoing, it's almost every other day. Sometimes it's every day. We talk after games about how players have done. And the same thing has happened this year. It's, it's constant communication. Who, who is doing well? What are they doing? Do you see them playing in the NHL kind of conversations? And, and it's great to see. We're talking to Andy Zilch, the voice of the San Diego goals. I want to ask you one more question. I counted and I could be off, but I counted 12 players have spent time between the NHL and the AHL so far this season between the goals and the ducks for the group as a whole, for the players still grinding their way through the AHL. Is there a thought and a mentality within the organization that if you play well, if you perform at a high level and continue to put in the work, you will get an opportunity at the NHL level. Is there a sense, do you feel among the group in the AHL and among the players uh, throughout the organization that if you put in the work, if you perform and the results are there, you'll get an opportunity at the next level. Yeah. I mean, uh, you look at the guys that are there right now, full-time this year, Sam Carrick and uh, Simon Benoit. Those are two prime examples of the succession of the organization and moving forward and things that are, generating because of their hard work and their hard effort. I mean, Benoit came to this organization and frankly, he didn't come as a duck. He came as a PTO to the San Diego Gulls on just a whim, a good, young, solid defenseman out of the Quebec major junior hockey league. Well, he caught eyes in the 2018 Vegas rookie faceoff. They signed him to an AHL deal. And then a few years later, sign him to an NHL entry-level deal. And Benoit continues to move up the depth charts. I mean, that's a great, that is the model depth chart that you have for a player just continuing to climb. And I think everybody sees those two players as a forward defenseman. And even Anthony Stolar is in net. I mean, he is the backup to probably one of the best goaltenders in the NHL and John Gibson because he's continuing to grow within the organization. And I think everybody sees that and uses that as a model factor. Yeah, Sam Carrick, it's, it's hard to... To, uh, to not want to work hard if you look at the path that Sam Carrick has taken. And to be honest, 
it's nice to have him out of okay. the Pacific Division in the American Hockey League. He dominated the Barracuda for a long, long time, but he's up in the <laughs> NHL and a well-deserved recall because this guy has just been a dominant figure at the American League level. He's tough. He'll do everything a, a coach could ask for, and he can score goals, and he's proven that at the NHL level. It, to be honest, from a distance, it's been a fun uh, development to see him get a real, real opportunity with his old coach up in the NHL. Andy Zell's yeah. the voice of the uh, San Diego Goals. We can't thank you enough, man. Uh, appreciate always great insight. Hey, no, thank you so much. Appreciate chatting with you. everything Sharks hockey in one place. The crowd is on its feet, and check out the Sharks bench. They're into it, too. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and the destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, presented by Western Digital, and at sjsharks.com slash listen. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey, plus unique Sharks content all day long on the Sharks Audio Network. Hey, Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems, quality in every move we make.